You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Well, I'm going to get right on into it tonight, if that's okay with you. I'm going to share just a bit of a word, share a few stories, and then we're going to allow just this altar to be filled and see what God does tonight. It's going to be awesome. I'm really believing tonight for miracles. Miracles, all kinds of miracles, physical healings, restorations of hearts, loss of hope restored, all kinds of miracles. The title of my message tonight is God Created. God Created. Because I, when I was praying and and believing and thinking on what to speak on, I felt this very simple message pop into my heart. And I felt God say, if you can believe the very first five words in the Bible, you can believe for anything. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created. If we believe in God, that God is, and that he created, can we not believe for anything? The very first thing, he opened the Bible. You know, it's like that first story that you open up, you read the first line to see if you're going to get interested or not. Jesus knew what he was doing. If you literally, if those five words you actually believe your entire life. Listen, even, I'm telling you, salvations, healing, miracles can come from those simple five words. I believe that God is and that he created. That God is and that he created. And it's so amazing because that first sentence of the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth. What a magnificent first miracle. What was the first miracle of the Bible? That God created the universe. Pretty big opening statement. And we think to believe for a back healed, to believe for finances to be restored. How small, how small are we thinking? God created the most expansive universe. He created you and I, the most complex human beings. And I'm not just speaking to the women. You got that? (laughs) I had to throw us both in there. I think men and women are both complicated. But God created the most complex, the universe, and we think. Now, why is that? Why do we believe that God is and that he created the entire universe, but we can't believe for the things in our own world? Why? I honestly believe it's because there's a lack of hope, that hope, hopelessness, that when we begin to lose hope and we begin to use, lose trust, then we stop believing for the big things. We lower them to what we think, see, and feel instead of bringing them to the God of the entire universe. You know, the Bible says that there are more stars in the sky than sand on the seashore. How magnificent, how expansive. I even looked up, just for kicks and giggles, the Google definition of miracles. And this is what the world would say a miracle is. A surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by nature or scientific, by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Even the world would say that what a miracle is, that it cannot be man-made, that it cannot be manufactured by human beings. I think a lot of us sometimes, we want to manufacture a miracle. 
We, we think, oh, I need the 10 steps to getting my miracle. I need the book of the five things to get a miracle. God is and God created. God does the work. The miracles lie in God, not in self. If we have to have a self-made miracle, we'll have to keep that thing going all by ourselves. Instead, we need to release to the God of the universe. The Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says, and I love this, he put a signature, the Lord Almighty. Like, just in case we forget, not by Stacy's might, not by Matt's might, not by my power, but the Lord himself, his spirit. John 14, 13 through 14 says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, can somebody say my name? My name. Jesus. My name, I will do it. It's in Jesus' name, not in my name. It's in Jesus' name. I, um, a few years ago, was traveling to Ecuador and my family's here, so I'm more nervous than ever to speak and minister. Isn't that funny? You can minister to all kinds of people, and then your family's here, and you're like, ah. They know the real me, and they can actually, um, my sister's actually involved in this story, so she can concur that I am speaking the truth. Um, but I went to Ecuador, and I brought some people, and we were doing a women's conference there, and it was extraordinary. There was this women, we, we went there, there was an expectation, um, so many more people turned out than what we thought. We were in the back room praying, we come out, and it's like, it was massive, massive. And so we do this women's conference. We pray for people. At the end, there were so many miracles. There were so many healings. I remember one woman coming forward, and she was, um, you know, older, and she comes forward, and I said, what do you want to pray for? And she said, um, I'm, I'm blind. I, I, I'm older now, and I'm blind, and I want to see again. You know, you kind of think like, oh, man could you have given me like a headache? As if one or the other is too hard for God. It's a miracle, people. A miracle is a miracle. You can't manufacture it. Pray for her. She gets her sight back. Tears rolling down her face as she's praising God that she gets her sight back. It was so crazy that a town just a little bit ways away called Asoges had heard about the miracles and asked, begged if we would go to that town and we would minister to those people. It was the beginnings of a church. There wasn't even a church there yet. So this couple opened up a restaurant, their restaurant. They served pizza there. They served and they opened up the restaurant and said, please do what you did. There, we need that here. I am telling you, I witnessed one of the most extraordinary events of my entire life that I will never forget, and let me tell you why. When we were there, and the people were pouring in, I'm telling you, off of the street. It was meant to be a women's conference. Men, right, were, were coming in not knowing why. I feel something, there's something different. I, had, I was drawn here, I had to come here. Men and women, the, the place was jam-packed. And I remember sitting there shaking in my seat going, God, like how am I gonna do this? Like these people, like there's so many people, they're not saved, they came in off the streets, like they heard about the miracles over there and I start shaking like, how am I gonna do this? And then I felt God say to me, two words, step aside. Mm -hmm. 
Step aside. <laughs> Step aside. God doesn't need our help. He's a good God all by himself. He's the God of miracles. And I remember in that moment going, oh yeah. I'm gonna step aside so you Holy Spirit can do everything and anything. I am telling you, we watched that night. The Holy Spirit filled that restaurant. I could tangibly see like a cloud filling the entire restaurant as we spoke. I don't know what I said. I don't know what the team said. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit showed up and when he did, everything broke out. People were getting delivered. They were getting saved. They were getting healed. We had an entire family, at, um, the grandparents, the parents, the kids, the baby that they were holding, all in a circle, had never heard the gospel before. They prayed. They received the gospel right then. They all hit the deck, fall to the ground. These people don't know church. They don't know that you can fall under the power of God. They fall under the power of God. They get up speaking in tongues. We didn't teach on speaking in tongues. They asked us, what happened? What is this? That's your prayer language, folks. You just got saved. You just got healed. You just got the power of the living God on the inside of you. Man, the owners of that restaurant, you could have tossed them popcorn. What a show. They were like sitting there like eyes, like out of their, you know, sockets. It was nuts. And I just never forget that moment. And I remembered that story and I wanted to share it tonight because I wanted to remind us, some of us need to let go of some control. Some of us need to let go and let God. And some of us can get hung up on the fact that we are sinners. Yes, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let it go. He forgives us. Why do we keep whipping ourselves? If he remembers our sins no more, why do we? We need to let it go. And because what happens is when we don't let it go, then we try to manufacture and everything gets harder. When you take God out of the equation, life is tough. You put God in and everything changes. I want to remind us in that first verse, I'm preaching this whole message off of those five words, people. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created from what? Nothing. So think about a miracle that you're believing for. One of the best atmospheres, one of the best um, kind of moments for a miracle is when you hear, see, feel nothing. What a perfect setup for a miracle. God created the heavens and he created the earth out of nothing. Why do we think we need to pray harder, fast every day? Jesus didn't even do that, by the way. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. They're amazing. We need to be praying. We need to be fasting. I'm just saying some of us kick it into overdrive and think that we have to manufacture and we don't. We have to release. We have to let God be God. The best place for a miracle is when there's nothing. It's the best atmosphere for a miracle. So we think, I don't see anything, I don't hear anything, I can't feel anything. And we say, what do I need to do? No, the question is, what will God do? What is God gonna do? No, what am I gonna do? What is God going to do? He's gonna do a miracle. So 
When the plan doesn't go as planned, what do we do? When the plan doesn't go as planned. When I married that person and it didn't work out. I'm saying that, that's not my story, but just in case everybody will go, oh my gosh, you were married? No, I wasn't. Anyways, <laughs> thought of that as I was saying it. <laughs> I don't know your story. I don't know what you walked in with. But I can tell you this, many of us, especially in this season, there's been a loss of hope. I lost hope for a marriage, a child, a restoration. The Bible says this in Romans 4.18. Against all hope, against all hope, meaning when I can't muster up a thing. I'm talking about giving up. I'm talking about when the odds are against me. This is what the Bible says. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just, it had, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And it came to pass, Abraham and Sarah had Isaac when Sarah was 90 years old. If you want to talk about a little bit of a loss of hope, like I can't even figure out how this is going to happen. Sarah and Abraham promised by God a child, see nothing, feel nothing, perceives nothing. Year after year after year, some of us, it's like it's been five years, it's been 10 years, it's been 20 years, it's been 30 years, it's been 50 years I've been believing. God created the heavens and the earth. He can do it for you. He did it for Abraham. He can do it for you. The Bible says, and I think this will help us sometimes, because we, as humans, we don't get it. We think it didn't happen on my timeline. It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. It's not happening yet. Against all hope. When you lose everything, the one thing that you can believe in is hope itself. I lost all hope. Against all hope. In hope, I believed. That spoke to me. These are the things you've been believing for. You haven't seen them happen. Those things you've been believing, you haven't seen, you're losing hope, but you can in hope believe. When we don't have anything, we have everything in hope. That hope is anchored in Jesus. In the beginning, God created. Sometimes we try to take matters into our own hands, and I feel like when we do that, things get hard. Now I can speak to that. I remember um, a while ago when um, I had graduated college and I had moved out here to San Diego. And sometimes we don't even realize that sometimes, you know, we get maybe saved as a kid or as a teenager and, you know, have these radical encounters. And then just slowly but surely, we kind of start losing our edge and we don't even realize it. And I had grown up, as you heard, as a missionary kid and on fire for God, speaking in tongues when I was five years old with our family. I like, grew up in knowing and believing in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit alive and well in me. Um, but I remember when I had first moved to San Diego, I went to like 12 different churches. I'm trying to find a church like Holy Ghost, on fire. I couldn't find one. I was so saddened at the state of the church. I called my parents. I'm like, I don't know. We may need to start one. Like, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm not seeing it. And so I was going to churches. I did it at a principal, but, you know, didn't really love them. That's obviously prior to Awaken. And um, I can remember just kind of getting a bit dry in my own life. And I had told my dad, I said, Dad, 
Because every time they'd call me, they're like, oh, and this prophet was in town, and then this healing happened, and then we got this word, and I'm like, hi, I'm like here dying in the desert of San Diego. I know there's beaches, but inside I'm dying. And so I had told him, I said, listen, the next time you have a prophet come to town, and could you make sure that he calls me and prophesies over me over the phone? Like, this works anywhere and however. So I'm like, just could you have him call me? Like, I need something. So my dad says, sure, no problem. So the next time they have a prophet, he comes to town. My family can attest to this. He prophesies over the entire family. And he says, is there anyone else? And my dad says, yes, I have a daughter in San Diego. Could you give her a ring? He says, sure, of course I can. So he gets on the phone. I'm driving down the 8 freeway in traffic hour. I get a phone call. Hi, I'm Mr. Prophet. I would like to pray over you and give a word to you. And I said, sure, hold on just one second. Pulled over to the side of the road on the 8 freeway. Because when you, you want a word from heaven, you create a moment. You create a moment. And so I created, you know, so got to the side of the road, and he began to ask me just a few questions before he prayed for me, and he's like, oh, Stacy, you know, great, you know, all these couple of things, yeah, good, you know, go through all the pleasantries. He goes, so, you know, obviously you're a Christian, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, yes, speak in tongues, and I went to say yes, and I realized I had stopped. Now, for those of us here that might not know what speaking in tongues is, that's a prayer language. It's a language between us and God. Words that we don't understand, but he does. The Holy Spirit praying on our, on our behalf the perfect will of the Father. When we don't know what to pray for, God, the Holy Spirit prays through us the perfect will of the Father. God makes it easy. We make it hard. And let me tell you what I'm saying, and I realized in that moment that I hadn't been praying in tongues. And I realized what I had done was I started to go, oh, I need to pray, you know, because I'm a, I'm a Christian. And, and I truly did aspire, like wanted to be good, wanted to do things the right way. And I remember I created a binder, a prayer binder. How many A-type people do we have in this place? You like lists, you like checklists, you invent things so that you can check it off. Yes and amen. And so that was me. And so I created this binder for praying because I'm like, there's so many things to pray for and I want to do it the right way. So I'm like, okay, the Bible says I need to praise him. Enter his course with thanksgiving. Okay, I'm going to praise him. So file for praising. Then I did another little file tab and I was like, well, I got to pray for my family. Wait, should I pray for the whole world first? I'll pray for the whole world first. Then I did that file. Then I did another file. I got to pray for my family. Then before my family. And I am telling you, doesn't that sound complicated? I would pick out the binder that I'm no kidding became this thick with just tabs, sat there on my bed, and was like, I can't even pray. Like, how do I start? Because when you try to do things yourself, it gets hard. It gets real complicated. And Jesus, not complicated, simple, gave us a prayer language where we could bypass all of that pray the perfect will of God over our lives. So in that moment on that phone call, prophet said, you're praying in tongues. And I said, you know what? I haven't been. And I hear my dad in the background, what? <laughs> that might've been my mom with that voice. But anyways, so what? You've been praying in tongues since you were five. Yes, but I've stopped. And he said, listen, God hasn't left you. The gifts haven't left you. Start again. Reignite 
again. Jesus never leaves or forsakes us when we get saved. It's us that walk away. He never does. So I made a commitment that day that I would never walk away like that again, knowingly, unknowingly. I wanted to ensure that that prayer life was ignited on the inside of me always. And that man began to prophesy over me. And he prophesied literally every single thing, waiting for one, um, to come to pass. I'm talking about, he told me about owning my first home. He told me about the company that I would work for. He said I would leave a company and I would join an apostolic church where I would be raised up and released in an apostolic church. He talked about so many things that I have lived out to this day. God created the heavens and the earth. He's got words. He's got promises. He's got liberations. He's got prayers. He's got things he wants to do. I am telling you, God is good. He is with us always. God is, and God created. We can't let it get complicated. And sometimes we do because we lose our hope, but we have to, in hope, believe. And the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, in the Amplified. For now, in this time of imperfection, we live in an imperfect world. We see in a mirror dimly a blurred reflection, a riddle, an enigma. But then, when the time of perfection comes, we will see reality. How many people want to see the reality of God? No fake news reality. The reality of God. Face to face. Now I know in part, just in fragments, but then I will know fully, just as I have fully known, be known by God. Let me tell you this. We're going to pray for some people. Because it's time. I think sometimes we get that hang up with hope because we don't see it. We see it through just like it says, mirrors. It, nothing, it doesn't all make sense. It seems like riddles and enigmas. I was reminiscing the other day about a friendship that I've had for years. And I remember that I had to move three times and then wound up meeting this girl. And we instantly became um, really great friends. And to this day, we're really great friends. And I thought, what if God had me move three times just to meet her? Because she's living a life now that may have never happened. Maybe it would have. Maybe God would have used somebody else. But I remember when I met her, broken down, everything bad that could happen to a person had happened to her. And I met her at a moment of brokenness in her life. And I began to minister to her. She invited me into her house. I lived with her. Every day I'd do a, a Bible study in the morning. And I watched as she would get completely enamored with God and things would begin to shift and change in her world. And today, if you knew her today, you would never guess her history. She, she ministers. She's seen miracles. Uh, she's seen healings. Um, backs restored. Um, she prayed over... Um, and I believe it was a, a baby that had passed away that resurrected. Um, I'm telling you, like the most insane miracles. And I thought to myself, I was probably praying for a different house. Like I was probably believing for a miracle. I didn't want to move those three times, I remember. But those three times that I moved, it then made me meet her. So we're praying, why didn't it happen? Why hasn't it happened yet? We see dimly, we see in fragments. One day, we will see face to face. We will see the whole picture. One day, it will make sense. But I'm telling you right now, can we believe right now? Can we not wait? Can we believe right now?
right now that any miracle, that any and all and everything could happen for those that believe. And I'm telling you this. What if you're like, well, I've seen five miracles, but I haven't seen that one. I'd rather believe for the five than none at all. I'd rather go down swinging and fighting and in hope against all hope, in hope, believe. And one day see the full picture. I'm telling you tonight, I believe God wants to do some things in this place. There was a woman actually, yes, you in the blue and, and the white. Yes, um, just when we were in worship, I looked um, over and I saw you and I felt God say that he's gonna be unlocking some new things in your life. I don't know if there's a creativity um, in you, a sense of creativity, but I felt God say, he's about to unlock some really amazing things in your, in your life. You're awesome, you're great, but there's new levels. And I felt God say, get ready. And it's not that you have to labor and you have to do. All you have to do is open your heart to receive. And it's God who will come through. And there's a new level of creativity that is going to be just beyond like, whoa, I'm doing what? I'm living in what? How did that happen? I don't even know. And it's God. It's not you. It's Jesus himself. He loves you. He knows you. He's seen you. And he's got an incredible future for you in the name of Jesus. Can we all stand up right now in the name of Jesus? Let's all stand up. And this is what I want to do, church. I'm telling you, like we said at the beginning, all things are possible through Jesus. In the beginning, God created. What miracle have you given up on? What miracle did you try to manufacture yourself? I want to break control right now in the name of Jesus. We sometimes, we beat ourselves harder. Instead of simply standing there believing for the miracle, God's got it. He knows. He sees. And it doesn't mean we stop. We don't not do the things that he's asked us to do. But I'm telling you, you know, you can feel when you go into overdrive. That's not God. That's the devil pushing you harder. God doesn't push harder. He liberates bigger. He liberates bigger. Some of you in this place, you're like, you know what? There's some things I did in my history and my past. How could God? How could he not? He's your, you're his most precious creation. Humanity. Send his son Jesus to die on a cross to forgive you of every sin because he loves you so much. Let it go. Begin to live the right way, but let it go. Let it go. Some of us tonight, we need to be reminded of the things that we have given up on. That if we were honest with ourselves, we've begun to lose some hope. We've begun to lose some hope in the area of relationships. We begin to lose hope in a healing. We begin to lose hope in friendships. We begin to lose hope. God's going to restore today. I see broken hearts being mended. The Bible says that God comforts those who mourn. The catch is we have to be vulnerable enough to mourn. We have to open ourselves up and go, you know what? I got hurt. God, come in. And the Bible says that he is our great comforter. He comforts. What I want to do right now is if you found yourself anywhere in that story, if you found you were yourself anywhere in that message, I just want you to pour out onto the altar. We're going to pray all together. And I'm believing in this moment that we are going to see the miraculous. There are liberations. There are healings. There are restorations to be had. Don't let anything hold you back. In the beginning, God 
created. If you've got a belief in God, get ready for a miracle. It's time. The atmosphere, this place is ready. Your hearts are ready for the miraculous to begin to happen in your life. Come on. I'm telling you, everyone that's pouring out, just begin to pray. If you pray in your prayer language, the perfect will of God. You know, the beauty of that story is that when I let go of the binder and I held on to God, life got easy. All of a sudden, things were happening that I hadn't even prayed for in my own English language. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was praying on my behalf, the perfect will of our Savior. Let it go, let it go, let it go, and let God. Come on, God's He's big enough. He loves you so much. For those of you, if you are like, what are you talking about praying in tongues or praying in my prayer language? Right now, begin to, you can receive the gift. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he comes with gifts. And one of them is a prayer language, and you can receive that tonight. You know, I was reminded when I was in Ecuador that a lot of times people say, how come overseas so many miracles happen? And you know what I would say is that in some of those places, they believe and then they find out what happened. They have an encounter and then they get the knowledge. But in America, for some reason, we want the knowledge and then the encounter. I'm telling you, that's control. We just gotta let it go and let God, let God. So I'm gonna pray for us right now here tonight. And I want you to put before God, not before me, not before your neighbor, before God. Bible says, ask and you will receive. Begin to ask God. You don't know what to ask for. Say, God, oh God, show me. Lord, and I and those of you with broken hearts, I believe tonight restoration begins. And it may be a process, but it starts tonight in the name of Jesus. So I want us to lift our hands to heaven. Lifting our hands is a sign of surrender. It's saying, I surrender my will, then let thy will be done. I surrender my will, let thy will be done. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, in your name. Tonight, those of us that are Christians, we've made you God, but tonight we make you Lord. We give our whole lives over to you, Jesus. And we believe for bigger and for better. In the name of Jesus, I break off right now the spirit of control and fear. In the name of Jesus, I say right now, you get your hands off these people in the name Jesus. We bind and we break that spirit because what that spirit brings is confusion. And if you're confused, then can I put it to you that there might be fear or there might be control attached. And you think, but that's not me. That's right. It's an evil spirit. Right now I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. I said, let these people go in the name of Jesus. We declare right now Holy Spirit, fill this room, fill this space, every space that you make for God, he fills. Holy Spirit, move. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, moving on hearts right now. 
those tender places, those places that we wanted to give up on. But tonight you're like, no, against all hope and hope, I believe again. I will dream again. I'll believe again in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release you, the great comforter, Father. Lord, I thank you that you bring comfort, but when you bring comfort, you also bring change. And I thank you for hearts, oh God, to be bended tonight. Just even begin before God himself to share in your own heart, in your own spirit, in your own thoughts. Begin to share with God. Where are those places that God hurt? Where's the person that hurt you? What's the situation? Maybe you blame yourself. Whatever it is, let it go. Bring it to the foot of Jesus himself. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but God sent his son that we would be saved in every way. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you that we are saved in every way. I just feel the presence of God right now. I don't want to rush the Holy Spirit. Just receive. Some of you are just feeling a little bit warm inside. That's Jesus. Some of you a little bit tingly. That's Jesus. Some of you got a flush of heat. That's Jesus. Some of you, maybe you feel nothing at all, but a paradigm in your mind is completely shifted in the name of Jesus. A paradigm shift can change everything. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you right now for wholeness. I thank you for restoration. I thank you for your healing anointing, oh God. I pray over finances right now and those believing for jobs and in Jesus' name. I thank you, oh God, that all things are possible in you. Bring the right opportunity with their name on it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they will recognize it because it will have your signature on it. Jesus, opportunities. Thank you, Father. Lord, we praise you. We glorify you in this place. God, oh God, Lord, I thank you for these most magnificent people, oh God. I thank you, God, that what begun tonight will never stop in the name of Jesus. I pray for a hunger, oh God, that will never be quenched in the name of Jesus, a thirst that will never be quenched. Oh God, I thank you right now that you've been put in your rightful place at the center of our lives. Our world revolves around you, Jesus. We give you lordship tonight. We believe that you are that have been already touching here. This is the cool thing about God is you take home God. And so this never needs to stop. This moment that you felt that I believe was real and true, don't let the devil steal it from you. That didn't happen. You didn't think that didn't. That's the devil. Recognize his voice. It's different than the voice of a shepherd. Remember what you felt tonight. Remember what you thought tonight. And in the privacy of your own home, let that continue. God is good. He is faithful. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.